0: If you're hearing that music, you know what time it is. It is FRPC, Front Frontrunner Podcast Collective, and we are here on a Tuesday, and we are here to talk all things Charlotte. And I couldn't think of anybody more plugged into the Charlotte area than my guy. He is the host of Mud Talk Podcast. Coach T, how you doing? I'm glad you're gracing us with your presence.
1: Man, bro, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm, you know, I. The sun is shining. It's seventy plus degrees outside. You know, um, feeling great, man. Happy, happy, happy to be on.
0: Well, there's a lot going on in your city. I want to touch on a lot of it, but we're gonna uh, try to respect your time and what have you. So I'm gonna get right into it. You have the number one overall pick in the NFL. There's also a quarterback by the name of Lamar Jackson that has uh, seemed to be available. Um, There are different reports, but he seems to be available. My question to you is, what's the fan base talking about down there about this? Are they excited about the number one overall pick? What's the overall – who do they want to see in Charlotte? And just the vibe, man. Just give me a vibe check. (laughs)
1: Yeah, to be honest, man, a lot of people are pissed, you know what I mean, about the Lamar Jackson stuff. Like, a lot of people that I know, um, you know, and and it's split, you know. I I wouldn't say that, you know, just to kind of get to the elephant in the room that it's a race thing right away. Uh, I just think so many people think about Cam Newton when they start thinking about Lamar Jackson. They're like, oh, we've seen this before. We've seen a running quarterback, uh, you know, kind of just disintegrate in front of our eyes and we don't want to go through that again. And I'm like, well, Lamar Jackson isn't Cam Newton, you know, they're not the same, you know, just because they present some of the same character traits, you know, on the field doesn't necessarily mean that they're the same person or they're going to have the same outcome. And so I think for that reason alone, a lot of people are kind of just, uh, I guess I I would say that they're not uh, open to the idea of Lamar Jackson coming here with me not being one of those people. Like I I was like, yo, Lamar Jackson, you know, in this explosive offense, you know, we'll be able to, you know, get the ball downfield. Offensive line has been uh, much improved over the last couple of years. And and if anything, we can protect him. Then we know that we can allow him to do what he does best. And so uh, I would say overall down the line, a lot of people, not happy the way we we have overlooked Lamar Jackson but then you have the other you know the other part of the fan base that's like hey we have the number one pick so we'll get our quarterback there and so uh, you know I know we're going to talk about that number one pick soon but just to stay on topic with the Lamar Jackson thing I would say it's it's split man 50 50 a lot of people are pissed some people are you know open-minded saying that hey we'll find our guy in the draft and we'll just move forward with that
0: well, I, I yeah, I did have some follow up. The question that I that I'm really having is that I know the fans in Charlotte have been frustrated over, like the last couple years just because of the quarterback play. Now, when you have the one thing that you have with Lamar is certainty—you know what he is. There's an actual floor, right? The floor is there, and that's playoffs. With this with the kid, whomever it would be, you don't have that same certainty. you have hope. <clears throat> you don't have certainty. Um, we talk a lot about building foundations on solid rock. So my question is is that with the fan base looking at this, seeing what they've gone through over the last couple of years, why would they even want to stomach something where you may have something in two or three years? when you have a pretty good offensive line, right? And we can say what we want about Lamar Jackson, about whether he's accurate or not, I think the last couple of years you really can't you really can't do him justice in that way because look at what has been around him. It has been subcar talent as a pass catching group as a whole. So if you're kinda out on his accuracy, the last couple of years you really don't have any evidence to prove your point whether he's inaccurate or not. I would think that Charlotte will want certainty.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. How can I put it like this? I you know, I went I went to church yesterday. Shout out to my grandma, you know, Easter Easter Resurrection Sunday went to church. The whole family went with grandma and uh I remember the pastor talking about, you know, uh the rock in front of the grave, right? And and like you know, the rock, the rock being there, you know, you being inside that grave, you starting to get comfortable with being inside the grave and what it feels like being inside of there, right? And so I think, you know, to use that as an analogy to kind of compare it to our fan base, is like we've gotten so used to being inside the grave that it's like I don't know that anybody, that they don't care, but we've gotten so used to mediocrity like, that, it's just the norm around here. So people are like, well, if it takes two or three years to see if this guy's going to be good, how much worse can it be than, than than what we've been going through lately? You know what I'm saying? And so I think that that's what a lot of people, that's the mindset of a lot of people. Like, we don't even, I'll be honest with you, I don't even know what winning feels like been so long we've been so uh far removed from that since what 2015 you know what i mean like 2014 2015 yeah. and so it's just like we're used to it we're used to just being you know bad and, and it sucks because it's 2023 you know what i'm saying and it's like at what point of time do you check you know swing for the fences and try to make that move and i think that lamar jackson would be making that move you know what i'm saying but like 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 you were saying i just think that uh, you know, the front office, I just think that they're, they're wanting to build from within. When you look at Pat Mahomes, when you look at, um, you know, Jalen Hurts, again, small sample size. You, you're looking at, you know, what the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson when he was there. You know, drafting your guy and building with your guy, I think, is priceless. And I think if you can get that right, then we won't talk about Lamar Jackson in three years. You know what I mean? We, we won't be having this discussion. And I think, you know, that's the direction they're trying to go in. And, and I somewhat respect it because, I, you know, I agree with it. But at the same time, I'm like, man, it, it can be tough taking that risk because we know that the bust rate is ridiculously high for, for NFL quarterbacks when they're drafted in the first round. So um, it's, it's really scary, man.
0: So that leads me to the next question. The fan base has a lot of trust in the front office, it seems, and in I guess the new owner. Um, my question is: is that is that trust warranted? Have they shown enough? Now, keep in mind, we just got rid of a coach. Mm-hmm. We're bringing in Frank Reich. Mm-hmm. I do have I did have a question about that. <clears throat> I had a question about that Uh, because that seemed very quick and it didn't seem, I mean, I know there were, the Rooney rule was uh, observed, so to speak, Uh, but uh, are we sure as a fan base that the right people are in the building who who are able to make this decision? What's the
1: temperature in the room with that? man, I'm gonna be honest. like, like when, you, when you when you look at it, like just keep it a above T, yeah. keep it a buck. When you' looking at it from the outside in? It, it is a hard to ignore the fact that Frank Wright, again, it's hard, like you don't want to have to make it a race thing, right? You don't want to have to do it. but we know how the NFL is set up. There's very few African American head coaches, uh minority head coaches, and and because of that, we're looking at an organization in the Carolina Panthers who have nothing to lose. You get what I'm saying? We're trying to I'm – I'm going to say you don't, you don't give the job to anybody, right? It's, it's, it's earned. And when I look at Frank Wright as a, as a head coach, doesn't jump off the – like it, it, nothing jumps off the, the paper to me. Like what has he done, right? Like, yes, he was a head coach, Indianapolis, right? Former quarterback in the league. I get it. But what has he done? And so for that reason alone, I don't understand why we just gave him the job. You know, like, this is our guy. But then at the same time, I say, okay, well, you give a guy like Frank Wright the job, may or may or may not be the best guy for the job. But at the same time, you spend as much money as possible to surround him with all the coaches you can. But you failed to do that with your previous coach, and so it's like, so how do we how do we determine what coach do we do, do we surround with the best talent? You get what I'm saying? This is like a quarterback. You, you can have Cam Newton, but you never surround him with good talent to the offensive line, and then you're mad that he's beat up and broke down. Like, well, what did you do? And so. Right. And they started to hire all these assistants and consultants and, you know, Dom, Dom Capers is back who used to be, um, you know, he, he took the Panthers to their first, you know, uh, NFC title game back in the day. And it's like, you know, you bring all of these people to surround him with. And in my mind, it's supposed to work now. Like it's like, it better work. Like there's no reason it shouldn't work. Um, but I didn't agree with the hire. I personally thought that there were other uh, more qualified guys. But, you know, for whatever reason, the Panthers were sold on Frank Wright. He did have a connection here. Um, but, you know, I, as far as the front office is concerned, I'm just – I'm not sold on the moves they've made um, since, since you know, the Panthers went through the ownership change and whatnot. I just, it's just been a mess. So uh, I will say on paper, the coaching staff looks great, you know, on paper. If you look at all the assistants, all the position coaches, like every like it looks great, but only time will tell, man, you know?
0: Well, that transitions us right into now the quarterback roulette that we are in. We have Bryce Young out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. We have Will Levis out of Kentucky. And we have... Cam Newton light and Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Right. By the way, that's where Cam Newton originally first right. originally hit the scene. So I want to know I don't want to know about what's the I don't know. I don't care about what the beat writers are talking about. I want to know what the streets are talking about. I want to know what the city's talking about. Who is the people's choice mm. when it comes to that number one pick.
1: Man, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. It is it, so all over the place in Charlotte right now. You got a couple guys that are big on Twitter, um, you know, just local guys that talk about the Panthers for whatever reason they became big on Twitter just for tweeting about the Panthers and tweeting their opinions. Um, not necessarily guys that work for like networks anything like that, but they just get a, a, a huge responses on Twitter anytime they tweet about the Panthers. And uh, there's one guy in particular, you know, he is just sold on Bryce Young. Like that, Bryce Young is the guy. You know, he's he's posting film of this guy every day, he's just showing the different throws, different scenarios, different situations. Bryce Young versus this team versus when C.J. Stroud played this team, and you break and it, it's being broken down in so many different ways that it's hard to ignore the facts when it comes to Bryce Young and just how good he truly is uh, or was on the college level. But at the same time, you know, C.J. Stroud is more of the prototypical drop-back passer, somebody who's not necessarily going to depend on his legs or has to p- depend on his legs, um, who can just throw the ball. He's, he's a little bit bigger. Um, so 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 you have your group of people, right, that don't want to see another running quarterback coming to this town, like, just, just flat out. Like, nobody wants to say it, but it is what it is, like. Uh, a guy that can move, but not isn't necessarily a runner primarily, right? Like we love Jalen Hurts. Like it was so exciting to watch Jalen Hurts this year and what he did with Philadelphia. But majority of that offense and the success that the offense had was predicated on the fact that Jalen Hurts was a threat to run, and because he was a threat to run, and then he could hand it off the mound, hand it off to these other guys, he had multiple receive. Like you couldn't just like focus on him passing the ball. Like you had to a uh, uh, game plan for him running right and so but at the same time towards the end of the season Jalen Hurts got you know he was hurt he was banged up he was beat up and so I think that we've seen that story play out here you know with Cam Newton and for that reason I think a lot of people want to see CJ Stroud I mean I think I'm and it, and this and this means a lot coming from me because I'm one of those guys who say Ohio State quarterbacks never you know, turn out to be anything. Like I'm one of those guys. It's, it's it's not an opinion. It's it's a fact. When you look at the history, this is what we see. We see Ohio State quarterbacks be great in college, and they come to the NFL and they do nothing. And whether they were a running quarterback or you know more, or you know maybe a drop back passer that didn't really run a lot, like they they just don't end up doing well in the league. And the same with Alabama. With that being said, I'm kind of leaning towards CJ Stroud because I'm like, okay. If this guy can really make all the throws, if his body can stand up, you know, in an NFL environment, you know, take the hits that he needs to take and be able to stay healthy, I I like what he could present for the Carolina Panthers, you know, but at the same time, it's hard to ignore the star power in Bryce Young. You know, he was, you know, I mean, arguably (laughs) when the numbers came out, I was one of the highest paid collegiate athletes last year with NIL and stuff like that. And uh, he's just a star, man. The kid has it uh, and he's talented but he's small. And so that's what all everybody says, he's small. You know, so it, if
0: I can was I to give Charlotte a little hoe
1: with that though, CJ Stroud would be my guy. If I could make a choice, it would be CJ Stroud, yeah. Here's
0: the one thing about Bryce Young being small. He's really smart. Like he's really smart. He is one of those guys that can get up on a whiteboard you can give him something like 20 minutes ago, talk to him about politics, science, Marvel movies, uh, the latest controversy with Kanye West, Mm -hmm. and then put him on the whiteboard, and he will give you step-by-step what you drew up or what you talked about and what his prime situation is to manipulate the offense, or uh, manipulate the defense, so it's an advantage to his team. So, with him being small, it is going to be the best science experiment that NFL has ever had, because he is small, he is slight, but he really hasn't taken a lot of hits. Yeah, Go back and look, Mm -hmm. he really hasn't taken a lot of hits. That's right. Now, it doesn't seem... doesn't mean that he will not take those hits in the NFL because everybody's bigger, faster, stronger. Everybody. That's what it is. My thing is is if he stays this smart in the evolution of his intelligence, which is so high now, because there's throws that he's making right now that there are NFL quarterbacks. I tell you right now, there are at least 16 to 18 NFL quarterbacks cannot make the throws he makes. That's that's the difference between him and Stroud. Stroud, the problem with him is that they only face high-level competition when they go to a ball game or they play Michigan. Everybody else, not as fast. Right, right. Not as strong. So, yeah, wide open passing lanes, so when he gets in the NFL and the window is that big, it's going to be a whole new world for him. So the adjustment period for him, you would have to be a lot, very patient with Stroud. With Bryce, even though he's small, it would be more plug and play. You could literally <clears throat> draft him and have the Charlie could start having thoughts of him starting day one. Stroud, I would be like, please let him start
1: week eight. (laughs) Right. Week eight. And see, and and that's the thing. I I think that that both guys, you know, the way to me is just – I think that that's something that's realistic, you know, regardless of which one of those guys you take. Like, it's just – winning would not happen right away. Like I mean, you know, six six games maybe, you know, but the development of one of those quarterbacks, whichever one it may be, is what's gonna be most important. And I think that's why they were able to um get the offensive line together. Uh, you know, we re-signed Bradley Bozeman, uh, you know, I think that that's huge for us. Um giving him a three year deal and and continuing to just build that offensive line in a way that we haven't seen, we just never, we haven't seen that offensive line be, you know, on paper this good in a long time. So um, I think it's ready for a quarterback. It's it's ready to protect a young guy. Um, but again, the decision making and the speed of the NFL game, you know, it's just it's just a different monster. So uh, regardless of who the guy is, I think it's going to be a challenge coming in here. You trade your you trade your number one receiver. You trade your best running back, then you turn around, you don't re-sign um, your running back who who basically came in after we traded Christian McCaffrey and almost ran for a thousand yards. You didn't re-sign him. We bring Miles Sanders in, who you know how it goes when teams make runs to the play to the Super Bowl. Everybody wants those side pieces, man. You know what I mean? They're gonna go get money somewhere else. Are they actually gonna be good at those at that second destination? In most cases not. You know what I mean? They're gonna collect a big paycheck. And I'm. Ho- I hope I'm wrong about Mal Sanders, but but I just you know I don't I don't see it, man. I don't, I don't see this team having what it takes to be good, you know. But I will say we have an opportunity early in the second round to hopefully get a piece that will, you know, we can pair with our quarterback to grow together for the future, and hopefully that's a wide receiver. Um, uh, I would tell you more tight end. Because
0: yeah. this draft is loaded, your wide receivers, except for Quentin Johnson out of uh, TCU and uh, Njigba in, in out of Ohio State, these are a lot of tiny guys, a lot yeah. of lot of short ones in this group. But the tight end group—that's where you can make hay because they're yeah. all big, they're all physical, and they all have. They have high catch point um, capabilities that, unfortunately, somebody five nine and one hundred and sixty five pounds, which I'm still trying to figure out. If you get Bryce Young, you can't go out and get like Zay. You know, Zay Flowers out of Boston College. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Saying like you can't,
1: you can't do that. You know, the um, well, tight end. But the, the, I will say this. <laughs> It's been a long time since the Panthers have had a good tight end, right? Greg Olson would be the last name that I can remember. But an offense that didn't even really look towards the tight end, you know what I'm saying? Like the last few years to me is like what's been concerning. It's like you can say, okay, well, you didn't have a great tight end. Well, you didn't always use the tight end. You know, it was just like a guy that was out there blocking or just taking up space. So... Um, hopefully that's something that Frank Wright can, uh, can change up, you know, and uh, maybe he'll put a lot of emphasis on using the tight end. But I agree, a tight end is needed. But when you look at our depth chart at wide receiver, it's concerning. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. concerning, you know. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, I-, I love TMJ and his potential to be. Uh, uh, he made some big catches for us last year when he got the opportunity. Um, But, man, I, you know, just because I'm a Carolina fan, you know, I, I-, I hope – I've I seen Zay Flowers play. Like, when Carolina played Boston College, I mean, the kid is a baller. Like, he just – to play for Boston College <laughs> in football and to actually, like, be like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, be it, you, that know, dude. Yeah, you 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 got to be that guy, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, like, it's like Luke Keekley Like, there's very few guys that play for Boston College that you, you talk about being that guy, you know what I'm saying, in football or basketball for that matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not one of those schools. And so, you know, I believe Zay Flowers can be one of those guys, but I also believe that Josh Downs, to me, in my opinion, is is NFL ready for the slot for, for any team, um, not just because he was, he's a, he was a Tar Heel, but the guy is really – he's really like that. Like, you got to watch him play, makes tough catches. He's a great route runner, which – the learning curve for most receivers coming to the league is huge. It's it's large because they're not great route runners. You know what I'm saying? And and, and when you're that small, you have to be. You know, and so, you know, I, I hope that we can get the tight end and get the great slot receiver. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: Okay, hopefully we're going to move on to something a little more positive. Yeah. But I got I got to ask this one question. Now that the basketball season is over, Lomelo hurt early. Mm -hmm. We had the um, unfortunate and disturbing uh, images that came out of um, Miles Bridges. We did see some sunshine because Clifford did allow Mark Williams to play. I was amazed that he was – because that dude had handcuffs. Like, he was was locked up, okay? What's the excitement level – with the top three of the NBA as far as draft is concerned. And then I guess we have to talk about the elephant in the room if for some reason you don't go get number one, because I have a question about number two. But what's the vibe check on the Hornets? MJ, maybe selling the team. Tell me what's going on in Charlotte about the Hornets.
1: So, so, shout out to the Hornets for one. You know what I mean? Like we went to a ton of games this year. I had the opportunity to to go to a bunch of games at the beginning where there was still hope. Uh, Post Lamelo injury, you know, we we have been in the building. It's a fun environment. If you have ever been to a Hornets game, or you know, you're listening to this, and you ever want to go to one? I recommend that you do. It's so it's just a great scene, great environment. Um, it's exciting. But what I will say is that. People look at this roster and they're like, man, where the heck are we going? You know what I'm saying? Like, where the heck are we going? Like, most people uh, agree that LaMelo's probably going to leave. This this team isn't building around him. They're they're not doing anything to help him. And on top of that, he's been hurt. Um, The Mark Williams situation, you know, I I like the guy. I like like what he could be in the NBA. Like, he can run the floor. He can rebound. Live threat. You know, all of the above. He can block shots. Turn is just the direction that the NBA is going in as far as the bigs. I would say players in general, like, you got to be skilled, right? Like, you you have to be able to put the ball on the floor and make a jump shot, make a three. Like, those big, like, the best big men in the league can do a little bit of everything. And so, um, Mark Williams is young. You know, we don't know what, what his trajectory is as far as his skill. But it's hard to look at him and say that he's the answer when you see a guy like, uh, you know, Victor uh, Wimbiana, however you say his name. Uh, Wimbiana. Wimbiana. When you see this guy and you see how skilled he he is, you you look at, that's the future of the league. Like, you look at Chet Holmgren. Like, that's the future of the league. When a seven-footer comes in, we're not expecting them to be a guy that can just block shots and catch lobs. This is not, like, 2006 you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you got to be able to do more. And so that's my only concern with Mark Williams is that that's all he'll be. Watching other guys come in the league with that height, they can put the ball on the floor, dribble like a guard, shoot like a guard, you know, block shots like a big, you know what I'm saying? It's like you need a freak-type talent to come in. And so but as far as the Raw says it stands today, it's it's all up in the air, man. We, we really don't know uh, – where where the Hornets are going to go, but because of number one, the lottery. The lottery is just the biggest piece of crap that's in sports right now. Like we, you can have a terrible terrible season, and you never you never know what you're going to get. Like you, <laughs> the Bobcats, we we worst record in NBA history, and we end up with the number two pick. Like the draft lottery is just not set up for teams like the Hornets to actually have some clear picture of what direction they're going to be able to go in. Like, we may end up, you know, with the 10th pick, for all we know. We just don't know. It's the draft lottery. And so you can get excited about all these guys at the top, but we may not even sniff them if we end up with a, you know, the ping pong balls don't fall our way. So um, I would love to see us get Victor. Um, every team wants him. <laughs> they believe that he's the next coming of, you know, whoever, like that generational talent. Uh, but you're going to have to have the number one pick to get him. And so if you don't, you, you you won't. But uh I like the other two kids that are available too, man. I, I I like uh I like the other kid that's down, you know, uh in the G League. Uh what's my, my what's the kid that's Henderson. I like Scoot Henderson, I like his build, uh his body is just NBA ready. Um but but this team, the Hornets, they need they need a freak of a talent to come in here to pair up with Lamelo mellow Ball. And, you know, to me, the only person I see being that right now without actually looking through a crystal ball and knowing how it's going to work out is <laughs> the guy Victor. You know what I'm saying? I look at his highlights and it just blows me away every time I watch him. I'm like, did you see the footwork on that seven foot five guy? Like, how oh, he doing, it's nasty, you know, man. like, step back through. Like, it's, he's doing move, like... Like I'm in the gym with my kids and working on different drills and different stuff. And it's like, you got smaller kids that can't grasp the concept of uh, what we call a scissors action, like your footwork that you kind of, it's like the basis of like most crossovers, you know, most dribble moves that you make. And the fact that he's able to move his hips and like actually get into that, that motion with ease at seven foot five, like it's ridiculous, man. Like, uh, (sighs) Man, I hope we can get him. But if we don't, then uh, well, I don't know, man. I don't know. But he's my guy. That's the guy I want. <laughs> well, I'll say this: he he's been doing yoga
0: since an early age, dancing since an early age, meditation uh, since he was been like a mid teen. Like he's been preparing for this moment since he was like fourteen years old. So he's. Dog, when it comes to work, you he's coachable, he's flexible. When it comes to that, now he does have some of the star player in him Mm -hmm. because he does see basketball a certain way, a la like Luka Doncic. We're starting, Mm -hmm. you know, where we're starting to see the heliocentric offense not work as well, yeah, you know. But the thing that is really different about him, Coach T, is this. When he's out of position in defense, he's not out of position because he's so long. I've seen him make a mistake and just stick his hand, like, back and just disrupt the whole play. So that's difference-making type of athleticism. It's a different – and he just has a mind to think, like, oh, crap, I made a mistake. Let me somehow try to fix it. Because he, he does care on the defensive side of the ball. So if you can get something like that, you're going to be really, really uh,
1: well on your way to the rebuild, kicking back into full gear. Yeah, next level for sure, next level for sure. And this is what I would say about School Henderson, and it's no shade to him. Like I, I love what – like I say, I, I like watching the kid again, NBA body, you know, a 6'2", 195, you know, he, he's ready to get in there and get right, you know. He's bigger than that. So you yeah, know. no, he yeah, he looks a lot bigger than that. You know, and on paper that's what they have him listed there. But you know, a lot of this stuff, you know it yeah. But if you draft Scoot Henderson, it's almost saying that you know that LaMelo's leaving. You know what I'm saying? He's a point guard. Scoot's mm-hmm. a point guard. Like I, I don't know. Do you do you draft mm-hmm. him? Do you move him mm-hmm. to to two? I'm mean, at six two. Can I really play in the two? You know, you don't want him to play two. Can in the I really incite
0: Yeah. Can I excite the Charlotte fan base a little bit? You had a guy like this one time. His name was Baron Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is a more athletic, bigger version of Baron Davis with killer compete level. Like this is okay. T. <laughs> This is not your AAU guy. This is your guy that when you go to the blacktop and you foul him hard, he go like this, all right. Bad. And you know that the next eight times down the court, you get work. You get work. He was not scared of, Vic- of Victor. Nah, yeah, yeah. They definitely he was not at scared him. at him at all. That's a fact. So, And he actually might bring something out in LaMelo that is needed because LaMelo got a lot of swag. He loves to have fun, but maybe Scoop brings out Killer, you know? Yeah, and see, see,
1: that's my thing. Because he really liked that. Like, I love Scoop, right? But you can't have both, right? We got Terry Rozier. That's been a part of the problem with the Hornets. We got guys that we like, right? And and you look like, okay, Terry's a bucket, right? Uh, Mello's a bucket. Okay, you have both of them on the floor. You got to put Terry essentially at the two, you know what I'm saying? Which makes him a liability on defense, which now so we got to... You have to trade Terry. Exactly. Yeah. So
0: that, that, flow, yeah. that flow would have to go away. But what you could do is use Scoop as a two. You could use him as a two because he would be such a high-level um, secondary facilitator, so second side, so second side of the court facilitator, because he would have point guard vision. He would have the ability to get to the hole anytime he wanted, unless they were just you know clogging the paint. So he would be able to make the necessary passes, and he can get you into other offense if the play just broke down. So he would just pull it back out and get into something else. Now, if LaMelo is starting to move off the ball and Scooters out there doing all kind of athletic crazy stuff, that could bring a dynamicism to your offense that you haven't seen in a long time in Charlotte. I think that the Charlotte people will really enjoy it. So do if for some reason you don't get the number one pick and you do end up to Charlotte, don't don't be completely down because I think there's a a lot there still that they could do, uh, which leads me to my last guy that I want to bring up. What's the thoughts on Brandon Miller if for some reason two Victor is one, but there's now a debate who's two? Yeah, Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson. Now, uh, my man had an issue mm-hmm. down in Alabama, right? My hope is this, Coach T, is that whatever his involvement was in that, this is my hope: is that it was a really big scare. God tapped him on the shoulder and said, "Okay, now we we, we got to get back to this you neuropath. Know, path. We we can't be doing this mm-hmm. anymore, right?" Um, that he just learned his lesson and he whoosh, wipes his brow, and it's all over. It because the skills. On the court, think Jabari Smith, but when like, handle. like he ha- he has handled.
1: Yeah, you know, man, it's 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 tough. Charlotte has been a tough city for sports and athletes. You know, coming here and making decisions, and you know, like I say, man, you know, the unfortunate incident with Miles Bridges and. You know that's 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 just one of many um, situations that have come through this town. Um, Ray and, Caruth, yeah, with, with sad. Ray, you know yeah, Ray Um uh, It's it's just a lot. It's just a lot, man. We. Uh, I think Brandon Miller is a great player. Like I really do, but I think for the Hornets, if any of that stuff is in their mind, What you know it is, with My- with Miles Bridges. And I think for that reason, they stay away from him. You know, I-, I think more or less about his skill and more so about what if, you know, it was more than what we thought. Like, what if it's more than they, they reported? You know what I'm saying? Because as these kids who – uh we're found, you know, I guess to have a bigger involvement in in that situation down there. Spend more time inside of a sale, more is gonna come out. You know what I'm saying? About what somebody allegedly did or didn't do. And the timing can be terrible for for both, you know, Brandon Miller and the organization that decides to to take that that leap, which somebody will. He's gonna be a top pick. But once it comes out, now you're stuck with whatever comes with that. And I hope that the kid didn't do more than what they said he did because what they said he did was already enough. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I love his skill, man. I was I was excited watching him, you know, for Alabama. I picked him to win a national championship. That didn't really work out. But that's uh, just a conversation <laughs> for another day. But um Watching him play was just ex- extremely exciting. His ability to take over a game, shoot the three, dominate, you know, play defense, run the floor, like handle the rock, like get a shot when he wants. Like I, I love what he was able to do. Um, and and I hope that when he gets to the league that he continues to just progress and that all the personal stuff off the floor is, is over with and he's able to just move on with his life. But uh, I like Brandon Miller. I like his skill. But if it was, if it was up to me, it's if you make a decision on, 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 you know, if you don't get number one, you go scoop. If you're not completely sold on scoop, then for me, I, I don't see the problem with moving back in the draft. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't see a problem right. with that because there's so many young guys that will be coming out of the overtime elite. And, you know, you got, you got, you know, a lot, a lot of young guys in this draft and, you some of which are, are projected to be really, really good over time. And so um, the Hornets, we got nothing but time. You know, I look at Gigi Jackson, a guy who was who was committed to Carolina, who ended up going to yeah. South Carolina. Um, I mean, when you look at his highlights, I mean, the kid, he's a bucket getter. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, mm. and that could be somebody that you could trade down and still end up with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he's 6'9". Brandon Miller's 6'9", you know. You need a you need a score, you know. But at the same time, it's like, man, if we if we if we don't get that guy, I think for me, and I'm gonna be honest, and I'll leave it at this: the Hornets, we need a center. We need to make a decision on getting a center that's actually going to be a difference maker, or groom the guys that we have. Got to stop the revolving door, big man. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just right. like you got like four seven footers on the team, and you don't know if JT Thor or or or, or Uh, uh, You know, my other guy, the the, the guy that's uh, Nick Richards, who was a second-round pick. Yeah, yeah. Who's shown a lot of promise. Like, and Nick Richards is a small guy. Like, if you ever see him in person, this guy's big. And uh, second-round pick, who to me has uh, exceeded all expectations. I wouldn't be mad at, like, sticking with Nick Richards. You know what I'm saying? Like, and just seeing him in a guy, he's a a double-double waiting to happen. Uh, every every night, man, and he has the body, you know. And so, we got to make a decision on what we're gonna do. We can't just keep drafting guys and getting rid of them throughout the season and letting them sit. Same with guards. You can't get Scoot Henderson and do him like James Booknight. You know what I'm saying? Like, man. draft them, believe in them, and play them. You know what I'm saying like, okay, we ain't got nothing to lose. We're not winning a lot of games around here. I mean, newsflash, it ain't happening like right. that over here. So. You just gotta believe in whoever you draft and, and 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 know that he's a part of uh the future of this organization and 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 show him and believe in him.
0: So, Coast I told you we were gonna get you out of here in a pretty good period of time, but there's a couple things I want to hit you with, hit you with on the way out. Mm-hmm. One, I want you to up your city, Charlie, real quick, but the reason why I want you to do it this way, there was a quote. By a, a certain podcaster that uh, has a national brand. And this was a quote. It was by Mr. Ryan Rossillo on the Bill Simmons podcast. He said that Charlotte does not deserve Victor Wynn by Yama. Mm. They have not done anything in their last 10 to 15 years that says that they would know how to handle a talent like that. <laughs> What I want you to do is, if you can, have a rebuttal. And then also on the way out, man, shout out all the things that you're doing. Shout out the music that you into, the fashion, everything. Uh, get all your plugs in right now, baby boy, because it is time.
1: Uh, so first and foremost, I respect his opinion. Uh and he has all the, all the right in the world to, to feel how he wants to feel. But the truth be told, man, you can't tell us who we deserve and who we don't. You know what I'm saying? No, nobody thought that Toronto would win a championship. You know what I'm saying? Nobody thought that, you know, Kevin Durant and James Harden and Russell Westbrook would end up in Oklahoma City in the middle of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody ever thought that um, – you know the kid that's up with the Utah Jazz. You know, Lord, uh, marketing with flourish flourishing to you know a great player after they after they gave up on him in you know Chicago. Here's my thing: every organization is one player away being a completely different space than they were in the previous twenty years. You look at the Detroit Lions, and I and I, and I argue with my brother all the time, and, and and most of the time I've been right, but. I think he's he's more right than I am because the Detroit Lions are starting to head in the right direction. It took them a long time uh, to, to get the right coach in place. It took them a long time to get the right culture in place, the right players. But the Detroit Lions are actually heading in the right direction for the first time in a long time. And is it because of one guy? Maybe. Is it because of multiple guys? I would say, yeah. You know what I mean? And so at the end of the day, I believe that we have a couple of the guys already here. And if we can get a guy like Victor – and we not only will be on paper a better team, but night in and night out, we'll be a contender in every game, you know, to, to win a game. And so, um, Charlotte, Charlotte has a bad history. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to losing great talent. And I agree, we do. Everybody needs a chance. You know what I'm saying? Why not us? Why not us, man? So, uh, I get it on paper. It, 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 it I mean, he's right, you know, so it, it is, it is what it is, man. But, um, Man, I hope that the NBA draft lottery and everybody involved, if it's fair, like they say, um, you know, I hope everything works out in our favor. Let's just say that. So um, Charlotte deserves it, man. We deserve it. We we, we don't just want to be a losing franchise. We, we, we want to enjoy winning basketball around here too, just like everybody else. So that is what it is, man.
0: So speaking of winning – Talk to me about the the apparel. Talk to me about the music. Talk to me listen, we Charlotte is doing real big stuff at this point. Real big. So I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, hey, this is uh this is one of those situations where you got guys who are now about to come to Charlotte, headline guys, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, they kind of need to know where to go, what to do. So, yeah, you talk about your city, talk about what you're doing, and – you know, with the fashion and everything, because I know you tapped in to the Charlotte area. Give these these young men who are coming to your city who gonna have some who gonna have some real change in their pocket, bro. For sure.
1: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. So
0: mm-hmm. tell them what it's like being there, and, and and tell them what the vibe is like, and then tell tell us what you getting into, what you doing.
1: Yeah, man, I can be. I can be honest with you, man. A lot of the young people that's coming around, everybody want to have a drip. Everybody want to have, you know, had the latest of the latest. But you no know, truth be told is, man, we're transitioning away from the malls, man. The malls are dying. You know what I mean? Like uh, your 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 best fashion designer is now your your small business owner. You know what I'm saying? Your person who owns a clothing brand, uh, who who's designing uh, different garments, cutting, sew garments, things of that nature. And so, I think that if you truly want to be unique you're not going to buy from the mall. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, there, right. there are places in the mall that you can go and buy, buy things from, you know, different pieces, but the malls are dying. Uh, in Charlotte, we have about one really, really good mall. Uh, the malls are dying, you know? And so if you want to buy something nice, you want to buy something fashionable, you want to buy something unique that everybody ain't going to have, you need to get with it, you know what I mean? You need to get with Raw Melon Apparel. That's my brand. Uh, if you haven't already, give me a follow at Raw Melon Apparel. Instagram raw melon apparel. And we actually have a, uh, a brand new product is about to launch here in about a week. Uh, pre-orders went out a couple weeks ago, but a uh, brand new product is about to release. And, uh, it's, it's the first of many graphic tees that we're actually releasing and the quality on these, these, these specific garments are magnificent. It took me a while to get this together and shout out to my boy, Lucky, uh, over at black divinity who really helped me put this together. Um, uh, I paid a pretty penny to get to get this project off the ground and and so uh with that being said i just wanted to bring the best quality i could to the people you know and sometimes when when people start brands you start where you're at with what you have and sometimes that may be cheaper garments um production uh costs being a little low but for this specific project that i'm that i'm about to release with raw melon it it was none of the above so uh i'm excited about it but at the same time you know People got to understand, man, you pay you pay for what you get. You know what I'm saying? You pay for what you want. And uh, if you want to be fly, you want to be unique. There's only going to be a few people with these uh, specific shirts because they were pre-order only. I'm not going to have a gang of them just sitting in the trunk waiting for people to get. So uh, if there's something you're interested in, def- definitely get at me at Raw Mill Apparel. And uh, I can see if I can make something work for you for sure. Yeah, we have transitioned from popping the trunks. All right. Yeah. We got to.
0: Step our game up a little bit. For sure,
1: for sure.
0: Now, what is the music scene like in Charlotte right now? What what's LaMelo Ball listening to? What's these kids? What's CJ Stroud? What's Bryce Young? What's what's Victor Wimbayama? Brandon Miller? School Henderson. What's these dudes? What kind of fire? What what mm. artists? Where are they going, dog? What they
1: listening to? What's the vibe? Hey. Give me the, give me the, uh, uh, give me the real. Uh, uh. <laughs> that's tough. That that's tough for me because I'm gonna be honest. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, these young, these young people, they different. You know what I'm saying? I'm young too, but I'm I'm almost yeah. thirty eight years old. So it's like a lot of the stuff they listening to, I ain't listening to. You know what I'm saying? But I will say this though, um, a lot of the music that they want to listen to, you know, what I mean, uh, it will be available wherever they're at. Um, uh, but I will I will say uh J. Cole just had a had a had Dreamville uh festival uh about a week or so ago, which was a really, really big deal. Uh over a hundred thousand people there up in Raleigh. You know, everybody from you know Lil' Uzi to you know Usher was there. You had, you know, I mean you name it, man. There's all type of artists there. So it was phenomenal, uh phenomenal event. I will say that Charlotte isn't dead when it comes to music. It's just uh, I'm not completely tapped in to all the music that that's coming out. Because a lot of the young music is not really, you know, hey, I don't knock it. It's just that I'm I'm not 21. So I can't, you know, I'm not, I can't really relate to a lot of it. But, um you know, I definitely respect it in, in its own right and understand the grind, But, yeah, man, uh, Charlotte's definitely an interesting place to live. You're going to be able to take a lot of that good money that you're making. And you're going to be able to stretch it around here. You know what I'm saying? More so than you will in, you know, uh, Cali. I love Cali more than you will in New York. I love New York, but you're going to get more bang for your buck down here. Uh, you'll you'll walk out of the city with more money than you came in with, you know what I mean, if you if you play your cards right. So, you know, Charlotte, Charlotte's a great place. But uh, I will say this, though, man. Um, there's a lot of good young artists in Charlotte. Got to work together in the city. You know what I'm saying? They just got to work together. So, yeah, that's what I will say about that.
0: Well, Coach T won't say it. I'll say it for myself. Mm. I'm washed. I mm. you you ask me about anything like that's halfway new. I nah. Mm-hmm. That's not me. <laughs> I'll hit you. Like if you want to get in these streets about these ball players, I got you. Okay. I got all your information. That's where all my time goes into grinding this tape, getting information from people that I talk to around the couple leagues that I deal with as far as that's certain. And then other than that, Spend time with my family and uh, trying, to, trying to keep my mom going, and and trying to be a good husband to my wife. That is it, bro. I don't got no time. I mm-hmm. if you told me what the top ten and where was right now, mm-hmm. I would probably sound so old,
1: bro. So yeah, yeah, old. right, right. I, I can't, I not even tell. <laughs> so like, that's just, and I ain't even want to cap. I'm just gonna keep it, keep it a hundred, you know. So yeah. I right, it just, it's just, I can't even. I can't even begin to tell you what's going on with that. Can't even begin to tell you, man. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, man. That's pretty much the music that I know about around here.
0: Well, that's Coast T, he he's doing so much in Charlotte. Get on his get on his apparel, Raw Millen Brand. Get that Raw Millen Brand apparel. Let's get it going. Let's uh, let's uplift people who are trying to do something. And the one thing that Coach T won't talk about, but I will for him, um, he's big in the community. He's big in the um the development of young men. Um, good uh, father to his kids. Grew up rough as far as certain picked himself out of mud. Um, reason for the podcast and things of that nature and all the things that he dabbles in, you know, go to his link tree. There's a lot on there. And uh he is a uh, he's a renaissance man for sure. Coast T, we are so blessed that you graced us with your time, man. Thank you for the vibe check in Charlotte and we're going to have to catch you down the road once we find out who the number one overall pick is for sure, for sure. and then also where y'all
1: end up in the draft lottery. So definitely are going to be tapping in with you. Definitely, bro. And I would say to this, I would say as well, man, if y'all get a chance, man, you know, uh check out the YouTube. Just just launched the YouTube channel uh recently. So last few days actually finally went on and launched it. A lot of people have been asking about the video content. They love the podcast, but people want the video content. And I know, you know, times are changing. You got to be able to do both. And so, um, just launched just launched the YouTube, and that's a uh, Mud Talk Radio. Also, man, I have a uh, nationally syndicated radio show that I do every Saturday, um, the Mud Talk Radio Show. Uh, the link, the links, all available on my on my Instagram. So just tap in with me, man. Uh, you know, to God be the glory. Doing a lot of work, but you know, wouldn't be able to do it without him. So I appreciate your time, bro. Uh, as always, man, nothing but love from over here on the East Coast, man. And I and I wish you the best, man.
0: Hey man, we just again we we wanted to do this collab a long time ago. It just took us a while, but we glad to get you on here and also rep Charlotte because there was a there was a podcast a little while ago that we we rep Charlotte, but we got to bring back to the new podcast. So now we are here and we're not going anywhere, and the collabs will continue. We'll sprinkle them in every once in a while. You know, we'll give the Charlotte flavor, you know, bring that sweet heat to the podcast. So, again, man, I thank you so much, and uh, you have a good one. And uh, everybody else, y'all have a good one, too, and we out. uh, uh-huh.